than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll at Lebitard Show. When you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. Today, we talk about the tragedy of a four-team college football playoff with huge performances this past weekend from teams like Oklahoma State, Baylor, Ohio State, and even Notre Dame. Then we break down the good, bad, and the ugly of last week's NFL games, and we end with some historic NBA chatter. We are excited to announce this episode is brought to you by Bigfoot Axe Sewing, the premier axe sewing location in the middle of Paradise, Hochitown, Oklahoma. Use promo code BYB2021 for 15% off your entire group. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We are available everywhere you can get us on your podcast. Remember to rate, review, share us with your friends, your family, everyone you know, the woman at Starbucks, the guy at McDonald's, the guy that's still out mowing his yard whenever it gets 60 degrees in January. Uh, just tell everyone about it. The guy where at the store you're buying your jacket from, starting to get cold, go buy your jackets when you're there. Tell the people about Burst Your Bubble. Thank you all so much for listening. And remember, no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Back to the real world we go, Josh, after another successful holiday season has wrapped. And now, uh, as we talk about the bowls, Josh, I think it's very important that we start with the teams that we should still be talking about moving into the second round of the potential college football playoff. Let's start with Ohio State. I mean, that, that great comeback against Utah outscored them in the second half 27 to 10. And Josh, I told you not, not to look up these stats. I'm sure that's what you're doing right now. Jackson Smith and Jigba, you know who he is? No. He is the number one receiver for or Ohio State. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The biggest game, personally, I've ever writ- witnessed live and watching. I mean, obviously, you you watch the old Jerry Rice clips. You know, we need you had 400 yards in the game. That's obviously more impressive. But watching a game live, I've never seen a more impressive performance from a wide receiver. Josh, he finished the game with 15 receptions on 16 targets for 347 yards and three touchdowns. And he lit up the entire game. I mean, this wasn't just a, like, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like two shot plays. I mean, this guy was lighting it up. All game long, Kyler. That's the thing, too. And it's like the C.J. Stroud. And, and C.J. Stroud does a great job of spreading the ball all over the field. But it, you knew, hey, if we got a short third and down, if we're ever in a fourth down situation, they knew where the ball was going. And the cornerbacks, the safeties, the linebackers, whoever was on, whoever was tasked with guarding Jackson Smith and Jigba, hit, 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 hit them with a move. I mean, I, Josh, I don't want to, I don't want to bring in a, We'll talk about this guy later, Antonio Brown-like moves. So this guy had the rest of the team, the rest of Ohio State had 22 catches, and he had 15. So he had 15 out of 37 catches. Yep, Cedar Shell, 37 to 46, 573 yards, six tutties, and this kid is sitting at home, done for the season, same as Michigan-Cincinnati. And this stupid national championship, those are in Colts, by the way, this gimmick has to come to an end before Josh, this can't go, go on much longer because the longer it goes on, the more these championships will be discredited down the line when the playoffs turn into basically college basketball March Madness. 
Well, I don't know that they'll ever be discredited, but the I same do... way that uh, Josh are Oklahoma State's in the 1940s discredited now, or what about Bama's when they were playing one well, team? Well, Oklahoma State's is definitely discredited, but I don't know that it's for the exact same reason. I think that this has been on for so long. This is, you know, this is, has precedence. This, this is the way that we've done college football playoffs for a long time. I don't think that they'll be discredited. I do think that eventually whenever you and I are old men sitting in the box somewhere, you know, that this, the kids won't remember it. I mean, they'll look at highlight plays and just laugh about how it was, but I don't know that it'll get discredited, but I also think that's why this is a, uh, just another knock for the playoffs to expand because of any given Saturday. I mean, this always happens. We see teams like this, that all it takes is one game. It's the same thing. We say it every Saturday. We say it every Sunday. It only takes one. I mean, and that's really the truth, especially in college football. When you could go home the next week, you don't have a chance to make it to the playoffs because of one Saturday. Yeah, Josh, what was the right word I used? Um, that might have been a little too strong. Uh, you you just repeated it to me. You said uh, it's not it's not uh, it won't discredited. be discre- discredited. Yeah, and that 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 is the actual wrong word, but. Uh, you know, just farther on down the line, Josh, it will look archaic. And Absolutely. It will. I mean, it's old school. I mean, we know that the, the modern days are going to catch up. Modern times will catch up with college football. They will expand it. I mean, that it just has to happen. In 20 years from now, the kids that are playing it will laugh and just shake their head at the thought of only four teams making it to the playoffs. Uh, like I, said, but Kyle, my, I mean, I think the bigger question is, and obviously this is just hypothetical and, you know, it's just fun to look at. How long do you think it'll be before a – say they expand it next year, how many years do you think it would take before a five through eight seed won a national championship? I mean, Josh, I don't – and this – I, I, I will – I won't answer that question, Josh. I'll just go to my next point, and it kind of ties into that. My point in this is not to say that Alabama and Georgia are not the top two teams and or that it would not have been those two teams playing next Monday. I'm just saying, what's the point in having that first round at all when there is always active and open debate year after year about not only which teams are qualified, but also capable of winning on that stage? Because those teams that Bama and Georgia played on Saturday or on whatever fucking day it was, Josh, they were obviously not capable of winning those games. But that's the scary thing is, I mean, obviously Cincinnati was the question mark going into it. Were they going to be able to get in? Could they handle it on the big stage going undefeated two years in a row? But then you have a team like Michigan that came out. And I mean, everyone thought Michigan was just, I mean, not just as good, but I mean, everyone gave them a chance to win this whole year. People were saying that this was the year that Alabama was beatable. This is the year that Alabama is not supposed to make it to the playoffs and they just do it again. They continue to do it when everyone was looking down on them after the A&M loss. So I agree that it's not saying that these two teams wouldn't have ended up in the championship, but it's whenever you get more teams, there's, like I said, any given Saturday and you have a team like Oklahoma state that went to bet against Baylor and come out and beat Notre Dame. And you have, you would have those games in the playoffs because all it takes is one Saturday. One game. Let's jump to that. I mean, that come from behind win against Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, the defense really putting their stamp on the second half, winning it 23 to 7. I mean, Josh, the 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 Cowboys scored, what was it, 31 straight points against the against the uh, Notre Dame fighting Irish? It was just a 
incredible, incredible uh, showing from the the Pokes. And so I know you watch this game a lot, a lot more than me. So what do you got on it? Well, there's a lot of people that have been back and forth. I mean, it's been the debate ever since the game is whether or not this was the biggest win in the program. Everyone goes back and forth on the 2011 Bedlam game, the 2011 uh, run that Oklahoma State made. I don't – I just – there's no way to me. I don't think that 2011 Oklahoma team was very good. We had a bunch of very good players on the Oklahoma oh, State. You, team you that got year. me completely fucked up, Josh. If that team wouldn't have gotten completely fucked out of that second spot, we would have won the national championship. Which is why I think that this is the best game that we've played. I think this is the best but, but, win in but the but program. The thing is, Josh, in that 2011 game, I, I'd agree with you. This is probably the best win of the program, but. In that 2011 season, we didn't actually lose that game. That that field goal was a made field goal that the refs missed. Completely agree. But hey, Kyler, whenever the kids go back 30 years from now, and they're looking at the OSU history books. That national champion, that win is not on the record books. But this win against a number five Notre Dame team absolutely was one I, of the most prestigious programs in the history of college football. Exactly. I think it's the biggest win of the program. This boosts Oklahoma State. Like I told uh, you and Cole a few weeks ago, you know, Cole was very high on Oklahoma State moving forward. And I said, well, this team is losing a lot. And these guys, this team is so good because they've been together playing and their defense is so good. Let's go ahead and just give a shout out to the man, Malcolm Rodriguez, who started at a safety, transitioned his position to a linebacker. All-American gets the interception, has like three games in a row, 12, 11, 12 tackles, with the pick, All-American, playing like an All-American, Kyler. This man, what he's been able to do is whenever he got to Oklahoma State's campus, the things that he re- he was able to do on defense is just spectacular, and there's nothing shy of it. Shout out to Malcolm Rodriguez. Look at him in the dra- NFL draft. Oh, he's for sure. Not a first day, for sure a second day. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him, seeing him on Sundays. Uh, Josh, let's go ahead. and You got any more in college football? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of things. Uh Sorry, I was texting the wife back. She was asking me uh, questions. Uh, just got a little bit, Kyler. Uh, Baylor beating Mississippi. Yeah. You know, I loved this. I said that if this would happen, it would be a huge, huge thing for the Big 12. Mm-hmm. OU, OSU, Baylor all winning their games in the bowl. Uh, I mean, just an outstanding performance from the Big 12, beating teams like Mississippi, Notre Dame, and Oregon. Couldn't be happier with how the Big 12 uh, played in the postseason. And, you know, it's just funny, Baylor getting that number six seed, I, I still – I mean, obviously they were very good, won the Big 12 championship, but I think that that will be one of the uh, – yeah. I'll say this. The best win in Oklahoma State program history was against Notre Dame. One of the most heartbreaking losses was inch short against Baylor in the Big 12 championship in the same season. Thank you, Gundy. Um, uh, what was I going to say, Josh, The about the uh... – about the Cowboys, I forget now. Well, I don't know what you were going to say. What were you just talking about? What game? Uh, Oklahoma State and uh, Baylor and Oklahoma State Notre Dame. Yep, I lost it. Anyways, anything else on those games? Uh, oh, what yeah. I was gonna, we, no, we were talking about uh, um, the other t- Ole Miss and Baylor. Uh, uh, Matt Corral got injured in that game, Josh. Mm-hmm. That is, I mean, and, you know, the discussions all week long have been about whether players should be playing in these games where they should sit them out, you know, because it's not really going to help their draft stock unless they really go out there and have a great performance and they're risking more injury, things like that. And there's 
good arguments on both sides, and I'm not I'm not on either side. I'm always on the player's side. I'm always on the player's side. If a player doesn't want to play, hey, don't fucking play. That, and that mm. goes back to my that goes back to my Antonio Brown thing. If he doesn't want to play, if he doesn't feel like he's healthy, don't play. Uh, see, that's where I that's where I think it's different is being healthy. Obviously, if you're not healthy, I, I, I'm still this from Jim Traber. I heard him say it today. If you're injured, get off the field. But if you're hurt and you're playing, don't mention the injured because everyone's banged up. So if you're injured, get off the field. And he was talking about Baker Mayfield in this well, instance, but th- that's the thing. And I get it. You know, there's risk of injury, but Kyler, there's risk of injury game in and game out. My thought process just- is that that's what that's that's why there is no college football expansion right now is because they've been relying on these bowl games to be so prestigious. Where if you expanded the college football playoffs, you get the exact same chance and risk of getting hurt. But these players feels like there's more of a reason to play. They have a reason to keep going. It also gives the coaches a reason to stay longer than the last season, the last yeah. game of the season. But here's the thing with Antonio Brown, Josh. He was off the field. He was telling the coaches, I can't go back on the field. My ankle's hurt. I don't feel comfortable going back on the field. I, I, I feel like something's wrong with it. I, I don't feel like going back on the field. And I understand, you know, uh, and Josh, there's no time or place for anything what Antonio Brown did on the sideline. That's probably one of the most unprofessional things I've ever seen in the history of uh, mankind. Uh, the, taking off his jersey, taking off his, his whole uh, – taking off – being naked, running through the end zone. I mean, Josh, it was it was a, quite a scene, but it it goes. I mean, it goes back to like it, it turned into that blow up on the sideline, where you know, you know, the background of Antonio Brown confrontational arguments can can escalate pretty quickly, as we've seen in the past. And I imagine that's what happened on the sideline with him and Bruce Arians when they got into an argument about going back to the game or not. And I imagine some choice words were said. And when probably Antonio, like you said, uh, Bruce Arians probably kicked him off the sideline. Just, you know, if you don't want to be here, get off the sideline. Antonio Brown took that really, really personally. And I was listening to uh, uh, Ian Rappaport today, and he was saying that uh, a lot of this stemmed from Josh when the Vax card fiasco came out. Uh, Antonio Brown didn't feel like he had any support or very little support from the Bucks organization and from Antonio Brown's camp. Once he feels that from somebody, they're kind of, he's kind of done with them. So I'll just, whenever, whenever you're talking about, you know, whatever I was saying about, you know, if you're not healthy, get off the field. Obviously that's the player's decision. If you don't want to go, I mean, there's still a lot of speculation, a lot of arguments going back and forth on how much like Bruce Arians knew about the injury, what the Bucks actually knew. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it, it's just a lot of back and forth that we don't know the exact answers to. Maybe Antonio Brown felt like he did and he didn't care. Maybe he wasn't taking him serious enough. So, you know, I, I'm not going to – I don't know which side is, you know, absolutely correct. I think there's probably just a – what we have here is a lack of – is a breakdown of communication. And so I, I think that that's kind of where that stems from. More of what I was saying was just overall for these college kids, not really the NFL guys, I was focused more on the college kids – you know, if you're hurt, you obviously don't need to go into these bowl games and, you know, risk injuring yourself even further just trying to get drafted. But it, if there's a reason to play, it gives them something to play for because the it's just been these bowl games are supposed to be prestigious enough to get these kids off the couch. And nowadays that's just not the case because they're growing up with the same mindset that you and I have that the college football playoffs need to be expanded anyway. So why would they go out there and risk everything for a 7-14 bowl game? And here's here's a, a argument I heard today. I, I 
God, I wish I could remember so I could quote them. But uh, they said if they really want these bowl, these these games, these these bowl games that are you know the Pax American United Slayer Bowl. If they want those, if they want the the best players on a nine and seven team to show up, fucking play pay them because that's legal now, right? Well, I mean, it, it is and it's not. I mean, it's not these teams could, that are playing the could, kids. But I'm saying the the sponsors of that bowl could. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want the best players there, I problem solved. You could either pay them. Yeah, you could either pay them or, you know what, expand the college football playoffs. And I think that's what you and I would uh, agree would be most beneficial. 12 teams, right? 12 teams, sure. Perfect. All right, NFL, we ready? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. All right, Josh, this is probably the best 12 o'clock window of the year, especially for Red Zone. Now, there are probably better games and more close endings in different weeks, but the degree of importance in these games, the playoff implications on the line everywhere, and I feel like there were more playoff implications this week that kind of squandered um, all the playoff implications for next week. Um, week 17 absolutely delivered. Uh, Josh, we finished the week. I, ha- I finished the week – Ten and six. You were you finished nine and seven. Uh, pretty good, huh? Okay, so yes, you, I mean you 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 beat me in the in the head to head spread, Kyler. But here's here's what I got to say about our little our little bet that we have going on. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to stop opting out of these over under picks. I, if I heard if I heard ooh, I'm not touching that one more time, Kyler. You, you know, I'm, I need some help on the uh, on the over under lines because I don't know that I was very good at it. So. If you're good at the uh, the spread, I'm going to need you on my over-unders, too. All right, I got you. I got you. All right, Jess, okay. let's, let's start with uh, Bills and Atlanta. I mean, the point can, – Can you uh, – whenever we go through each game, can you say who got it right and who got it wrong? That way they know. Do you have that information? I do. I do. Let me get it ready. Yeah, that way we both know, and that way, you know, if one of us felt good about a team and they absolutely wet the bed, then we uh, we know that. And this is a great place to start, Josh, because the the Bills won 29 to 15 against Atlanta. The point spread was 14 and a half, and we both were on the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So, I'm sorry, we were both on uh, Buffalo, minus 14 and a half. So, of course, that didn't cover. Horrible beat for us. Yeah, uh, 14 straight up, just a terrible, terrible loss. Starting off the, starting off the week incorrectly, although looking at this, Kyler, you know, when I remember talking to you about it, 14 and a half is a lot of points uh, because they, I mean, they really just dominate. I mean, they didn't really dominate the Falcons, but I mean, they put on a good showing. They feel golden to death. Yeah. I mean, 29 points. We, I mean, three interceptions from Josh Allen, though. He looked rough. He, uh, he did not look like the MVP Allen that everyone was talking about at the beginning of the year. Uh, although one of them went off the running back, I'd have been pissed if I was him. But uh, it was not a not a great showing, and it's very rare. Kyler, I don't know the last time that a Bills running back has topped 100 yards. Oh, Josh, until this week. Yeah, yeah, I'm about to say you're not looking at the box where Devin Singletary had a great week, two tutties, 110 yards. Yeah, 23 carries. That's another thing. I don't know the last time that a Bills running back had over 20 carries until last week. And I think that's a, that's kind of a case of. Uh them just kind of mailing this one in, do you think? 
I mean, probably. I think they're also probably trying to get well, teams a little bit scared of the run, trying to establish it yeah. a little bit more before the playoffs, maybe. Sure. sure. Uh, Bears, Josh, the Bears absolutely killed the Giants, 23 to, 29 to 3. We're both on, both on this one pretty easy. Uh, anything on this game? No, Mike Glennon can't score. We knew that. 24 yards, Kyler, as a, as a starting quarterback, 24 yards and two interceptions. That's bad. That's bad. Uh, KC and, and Cincinnati, Josh, they were in an absolute shootout, 34 to 31 final. Seemed like neither defense had any belief in their scheme, play calling, the players. I mean, the lack of adjustments from Katie's Casey's sec- defensive secondary. I mean, it was so apparent every time Chase caught the ball. Another one of those big throws, Josh, time after time. Josh, he had a, 266 yards and 11 catches and three touchdowns. I mean, this was just a phenomenal performance from Jamar Chase. The names Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to be said together for a decade. I mean, this is just two uh, rookie and a second-year player lighting up defenses week in and week out. Like you said, 11 catches, 266 yards. Joe Burrow, another 440-yard game with four touchdowns. Uh, Although the thing to monitor, I haven't uh, really read up on it until tonight, the injury at the end of that game, because obviously this game was going back and forth, and Joe Burrow, they just kept putting him out there, QB sneak, QB sneak, QB sneak. Uh, A lot of people said that they would have just kicked the field goal, and I I, I put in one of our group chats, you don't beat the Kansas City Chiefs by kicking field goals. I don't care if you have 46 seconds and no timeouts, and you're up by three. You've got Patrick Mahomes with 46 seconds left, so – I'm not banking on my team to just score three. I need a touchdown there. And, I mean, they ended up kicking the field goal, running it out of time because I just kept going for it. They got the uh, fourth down. They got the uh, pass interference call, got the flag, ran the clock down. Beautiful luck performance by, at the end of this game. But, you know, while we're talking about Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase just being explosive and, and dynamic, Patrick Mahomes just can sling a football collar. Oh, God, dude. I mean, he was showing everyone why he is – Pat. I mean, like why everyone thinks of him as a as an MVP, why he is an MVP, spread the ball around. I mean, so many people caught catches in this game. I was doing my stone cold what? Huh? I was doing my stone cold what? Oh, <laughs> yeah. It was a uh, – it was a – Wonderful game, like like we said. I think it was a litmus test for Cincinnati. See how good they really are, and I think they proved themselves to be a you know at least a, a threat to make mm-hmm. a run in the playoffs. It did, Josh. And uh, just to give the people what our picks was, you had Kansas City minus four and a half. I had Kansas City money line, but that's not going to count because I did have the Cincinnati with the points. So we're only going to count that one. Uh, here's another thing, Josh. Quick stat on Joe Burrow. Over the past two weeks, he has 971 passing yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. He is the first quarterback to ever have two straight games with 400-plus yards and four four touchdowns in each game with no interceptions. Wow. First ever. What a – I mean, what a stat. And the – Kyler, the picture of him after winning the division, just sitting in the back, smoking the cigar again, I mean – Moxie, legendary Moxie by that kid. Legendary. Uh, Miami, Josh, they were awful against Tennessee. The, um, perhaps the scariest uh, 
uh, news of this of this game, however, Josh, is uh, if the Titans win next week, they have a first round bye, which give Tractor Cito one more week to get as close to right as he can for this playoff run. And Josh, this Tennessee team with Derrick Henry at full strength, coming off a of full rehab, is going to be absolutely terrifying. You think terrifying is the correct word to use? With a completely healthy and rehab Derrick Henry, yes. I did see he was practicing. I don't know that I'm going to think that he is fully healthy, but you are correct. Uh, this Titans team is for real. I mean, they just continue to find ways to win. Mike Vrabel, one of the best coaches in the NFL, learned. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Coach of the year. Um, I – I mean, yes, he is a coach of the year, but I, I don't know that he is my coach of the year, but he is a coach. He will be the coach of the year more than likely. Um, I would still give it to Zach Taylor with the Cincinnati Bengals, but you are probably correct. Mike Vrabel is a wonderful coach. He knows how to win games. I mean, we, you know, look at him taking one out of Bill Belichick's playbook uh, a couple years ago in the playoffs, running the timeout, using the, the penalties to his advantage. I mean, he's su- such a smart guy. What they've been able to do without uh, A.J. Brown, without Julio Jones, and without Derrick Henry. Kyler, I think Derrick Henry is still like seventh or eighth in rushing yards. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's higher than that. Yeah, I mean, that's just nuts. I, I would almost guarantee he's top three. Yeah, I mean, I think that this was a, uh, the perfect game for Tennessee to establish that they are that threat beating Miami. Um, because everyone, you know, was on the Miami hype train. They're going to continue – Riding it out, Brown Flores, yada yada yada. No Dust. way, because it, it took it took Derrick Henry like two and a half weeks to catch him. I mean, I'm sorry, it took uh, um, Jonathan Taylor two and a half weeks to catch him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's still high on the list in rushing yards. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I'm gonna Las- look that up while you bring up the next. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, Las Vegas and Indiana, or Indianapolis. I'm sorry, um, Josh. First of all, that Hunter Renfro, that touchdown should have counted. I don't, I don't care if he got touched barely when he was almost falling that that should have counted Derek Carr has continued to impress all season long Zay Jones I mean he, he came out of absolutely nowhere and has been a weapon for this car this cult this Raiders team um still without Darren Waller by the way in this Colts team it just seems like they can beat anybody in the, in the NFL but they can also lose anyone in the NFL and that is a very dangerous a combo to have in an NFL team, but it's also something that you will find with any team that has Derek Carr as their quarterback. I'm sorry, Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Well, I mean, same uh, yeah. thing with the Raiders and Derek Carr, to be honest. Yeah, I think that there's a lot more – there's a lot of problems other than just Carson Wentz. Real quick, before I make my – before I go on my spiel, Derek Henry is sixth in rushing yards after last week with 937. Uh, next behind him is Zeke with 915, and Dalvin Cook's right ahead of him with 1,080. So right in the right in the thick of it with missing, what, four or five games now? At least. So, But, yeah, so going to Indianapolis and uh, the Raiders, the Raiders are – I mean, what they've been able to do is just so impressive with losing the head coach early in the year. The all Obviously, the tragedy with Henry Ruggs, they just lost another teammate uh, to a DUI. Just terrible, terrible things happening in Las Vegas, and they just continue to squeak out wins, nine and seven record. Um, but you're right, the Colts. I mean, they 
one week they look like the best team in football, and the next week they just fall flat. And I, I don't really know what their answer is other than, I don't know, make Jonathan Taylor run it 30 times instead of 20. I mean, because overall this Colts team is pretty good. And here's the thing, I, the Raiders still have a good chance to get in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure. I mean, not a good chance, yeah. but they have a chance. They have a chance. Oh, and, Kyler, I'm just going to say it again just because I, you know, never get tired of saying it. Hunter Renfro is a winner. I mean, he is a football guy. He just loves to win, and you're you're 100% right. The touchdown absolutely should have counted. Yeah. I love what Hunter Renfro does on the football field. I'm the man so tired of these fucking replay nerds ruining these – Top, I mean, Josh, these are the prime athletes that the human civilization has ever developed into. And these fucking analytical nerds watching their stupid replays in 0.001 speed are determining that they're dropping the ball for literally the ball's touching the ground, even though it's in their grasp. And they're saying, nope, no catch. Like, fuck off, bro. I'm so tired of that, Josh. I thought it was a touchdown. Uh, I, you know, I thought everything was – I thought it was completely a touchdown. Uh, I think one guy who went kind of unnoticed in this – not unnoticed, but goes unmentioned who had a couple of really good plays was Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Three rushes for 16 yards. They just kind of threw him in there randomly and said, you know, go pick up a first down with your feet, and he did it every time. Yeah, and that's that's also the thing about this this Raiders team in the playoffs, Josh. I mean that that uh, I don't call it a dual threat quarterback situation, but uh, mm-hmm. you know with Derek Carr and uh, Marcus Mariota and the different things they can throw at teams. I mean, a team you don't really Josh Jacobs, he's right. I mean, Josh Jacobs is a. I mean, looks good. Whenever yeah. he's healthy, Josh Jacobs can run. What is this, like his 4,000-yard season? He's, yeah. You know who he reminds me of? If he, like, he reminds me of the Amari Cooper of the wide receivers because he's always – like he's going to put up a 1,000-yard season. It might be the quietest 1,000-yard season that you ever see, but at, at the end of it, you look and go, oh, we had a 1,000 yards again. That's pretty good. I was going to say Joe Mixon. Uh, no, I'd say the difference there is when Joe Mixon – has a good game, he goes off for like 230 yards and a touchdown. And then whenever he has a bad game, he goes for 10. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Like when he gets to 1,000 yards, you're like, he, he got to 1,000? Oh, yeah. Well, the thing about Joe Mixon is, it, I mean, he'd get to 1,000 yards in like six games. Yeah. And then end up with like 850 or uh, just like <laughs> 1,250. Yeah, exactly. But eight, but eight of those games, you know, or six of those games got him to a thousand, which is just exactly. incredible. Yeah, wonderful. It was a really good game, though. I mean, battled all the way to the end. Obviously, if the Renfro touchdown would have caught or would have counted, then it would have been completely different. But yeah, our Jags Patriots. Not, not, not much to talk about in this game. Um, perhaps the worst pick from you, Josh, um, all year long was trusting this Jags team to cover over a two hundred two touchdown spread. Um, so, so here was my problem. My problem wasn't trusting the Jags. It was not believing in the Patriots run game. I said it. I, I said that if the Patriots score over 28 points, I would just have to say kudos to Bill Belichick, kudos to you, Bill Belichick. But I also said in that take, the only way I see this happening is if like Damian Harris has four touchdowns. Well, Damian Harris had two, and Ramondre Stevenson had two. So, New England run game just still absolutely destroying people, and Trevor Lawrence is bad. 
you know, everyone said that this was the most sure NFL quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Trevor Lawrence does not look like a true NFL prospect at the moment. I get it. You can tell me he's on the Jags. It's a terrible situation. I, I, I'm, I hear you. You know, I'm, I'm listening to you. But I don't think – I mean, at some point, you've got to look at him and go, hey, that's not – that's just a bad throw. That's a bad throw. You made a mistake. And that's kind of the thing we saw, uh, Josh, especially going back to that uh, Jets game with Mac Wilson – I'm sorry, not Mac Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Uh, you saw glimpses. You saw moments where he said, okay, I see something here that maybe next year, maybe the next two years, he can really get these bad habits out of this game, and these moments will happen more often. You're not seeing those moments of Trevor Lawrence. You, you, you absolutely hit it, Kyler, and I was going to talk about that whenever we got to Zach. But, yes, with Zach Wilson, he makes plays every – Every seven or eight, 12 plays, he'll make when you go, oh, oh, this this kid's a quarterback. He looks he looks good. He just dropped that ball in a window. Trevor Lawrence, no, no, no. You don't, you're not getting that from Trevor Lawrence right now. So, yeah, uh, my take of Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence looking very good. I will say, though, Kyler, if you are still a guy who believes in the scouts and the analytics and the college game, and you think that Trevor Lawrence has a hope when they get a new coaching staff and they get uh, Marvin Jones back and DJ Chark, all that, buy him as low as you can in fantasy football right now because this is the lowest he will ever cost you. If you trade right now, not, not fantasy, if you're the GM of either of these teams, the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Cleveland Browns, would you trade Baker Mayfield for Trevor Lawrence? Not a chance. Which GM are you? Uh, if I'm the Browns, no way I'm, no way I'm unloading Baker for Trevor Lawrence because I know what I'm getting out of Baker. Even though it's not like the premier quarterback play, at least I know that I have a guy who's going to hand the ball off and and run the system and you know win in some games. I mean, here's the thing about the Cleveland Browns, Kyler, and obviously right now Baker Mayfield is just going through the ringer because he did not look good on Monday Night Football, and we'll talk about this the game later, but just everyone is just trashing Baker Mayfield at the moment. But the thing people need to realize is, what were the Browns' record three years ago? Yeah. I mean, it was not good. I mean, let's, I mean, we're still talking about the Cleveland Browns, and I mean, this, this team has made leaps and bounds with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback. I get it. They've improved the, the, the roster as a whole, but that starts at the quarterback position, and they could be going through a quarterback search for six or seven years ago because they started 14 different quarterbacks in like four years. So, you know, you found a guy that's playing well for you and got you to the playoffs last year and should have gotten you to the Super Bowl, at least to the championship game, and beat Kansas City. They should have won that game. Had the fumble not happened in the back of the end zone, that's still very questionable. I mean, I don't know that that game goes the same way. Very true. All right, just move on. Um Buccaneers and Jets, and you know we talked about this game a little bit earlier, right? Uh, the AB situation. Uh, just to kind of, this is my last question on that, Josh. Before we dive into the game, how much does losing AB diminish the Bucks' chance of repeating? It hurts a lot, uh, but the thing to note here, uh, and I've seen reports on this, is that they still hold his rights. They do so. So 
I don't know. I don't know all the inner workings of how this is, but from my understanding, he's not a hundred percent gone. He's not, but from what everything I'm reading, it's just it's all formal. It's form formalities, all dealing with grievances, all dealing with things like that. He is for everything that I've read, Josh. This guy will never play a snap in the NFL again. Well, definitely not for the Bucs. I, I, I will never believe that Bill Belichick won't take another chance on him. But going well, to your question. Bill Belichick one in there. It was Tom yeah, Brady. Yeah, it was Tom Brady. Yeah, that's why he went and lived in his beach house in Tampa Bay. Uh, but to, to your exact question, I, I, like I said, um, I guess if, if, you're, if what you're reading is just grievances and he won't play again, um, then that is a little more concrete. I think it hurts quite a bit because you lose Chris Godwin. Mike Evans did come back, but you lose Chris Godwin. That's a big part of the offense. So you're really now going to be relying on Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson. Grayson. I mean, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Cameron Brait. Not the Grayson kid that caught the game winner. Who? The The guy who caught the game winner. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know did, did you not hear me? I said who? His last I know name was his last Grayson. name is Surreal Grayson, I think. Surreal Grayson Jr., I think, is who it is. Uh so I mean, yeah. Tyler him, he had six catches, 81 yards in a touchdown. Tyler Johnson. Here's a here's a here's a funnier set. That Grayson kid, he had four of his total 10 career receptions in that game. Yeah, that's just Tom Brady. I mean, Tom, that's the thing about playing with someone who's really good. It's like playing with LeBron. He makes everyone better. It's just like playing with Tom Brady. If you're on the field with Tom Brady and you do what you're supposed to do, you're going to look like an incredible football player. I mean, that's just how it works. So I will say I'm not going to use the word diminish, but I will say losing AB dampers the chance of repeating because it takes away a dynamic weapon. But you've still got Mike Evans and Rob Gronkowski. And, Kyler, I'm never going to count out Tom Brady while he's got Rob Gronkowski on the field. Sure. But, gosh, there's a reason Antonio Brown has been given chance after chance after chance. That's when he was in New England. He had some of – I mean, I don't want to say some of the worst, but, I mean, some really, really bad – not only allegations, Josh, he's fighting court – he has court cases, court dates to go in there and and settle these these filings and these these grievances that he's going to have to pay millions and millions of dollars to get out of. I just – I. Man, it, I don't see him ever coming back with anybody. Kyler, here is – so I actually am stealing this from a guy named D. Sullivan 1285 That's his username on TikTok. He made a TikTok that is labeled, if ESPN made a 30 for 30 on Antonio Brown, and he makes an entire trailer for the 30 for 30, I'll, I'll text it to you and put it up on Twitter. Um, it's a fantastic little trailer, but would that not be a great 30 for 30? No, I would much rather watch a Josh Gordon 30 for 30. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd love a Josh Gordon 30 for 32, but the thing is Antonio Brown's got a Super Bowl. After everything that Antonio Brown, you know, has seen and went through and done and coming back, the the Brown Josh, or the, the Steelers and then to go win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady, this Mike, 30 for 30 would be legendary. Mike Ryan said this today, and Josh, we're not and – and he, he kind of reiterated it, and a lot of people have today. None of us are fucking doctors. We host podcasts. So none of us study the neurological brain. None of us have studied 
and Tony Brown's brain. So to even throw around the term CT, mental illness, things like that, anything like that is completely rec- reckless, not only reckless, not only speculative, it's dangerous. So it, anything like that is completely frowned upon. But Josh, maybe he's going through some stuff and maybe he's just an asshole. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know whether he has that or not. I don't know what, you know, what all he's going through, but a 30 for 30 would be pretty sweet. But I mean, obviously something's happening with him. Uh, I, I mean, doing what let's let's get to the game. Doing what you're doing, something happened. But a thirty for thirty for Antonio Brown would be legendary. Another guy that the thirty for thirty would be really good is Odell Beckham Jr. I, I need a whole I need a whole uh, thirty for thirty about the LSU squad. Mm-hmm. Did you know uh, that? Jarvis Landry has not done an interview with anyone since OBJ left Cleveland. Oh, wow. Mm. All right, we can get to your next game. I've got some good stuff. Uh, uh, Do we got any game, any, get any thoughts on this game? I mean, Tom Brady is an incredible comeback. I mean, we knew there was too much time. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Everyone knew that Tom Brady was going to win that game as soon as, as soon as the Jets gave the ball back. Kudos to the Jets for going for two. Or going for the touchdown at fourth, fourth and whatever. I mean, that, that's what you have to do. Yeah, same thing with Kansas City. You don't beat Tom Brady by not going for two. Because Tom Brady with the ball back, I think he had like a minute and 40 seconds. Tom Brady's going to score. I mean, he's going to he's gonna score. That's just the, the bottom line. Uh, I'd say just shout out Zach Wilson. I mean, Zach Wilson looked pretty good. He didn't throw any turnovers. I mean, like like we talked about, you know, it, just, it shows a little bit of growth, a little bit of development playing this good of a team, playing it that close. Braxton Berrios, uh, it looks like the lone bright spot light, blah, 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 lone bright spot for the Jets and all this. He looked very good on Sunday, but other than that, Kyler, I don't have a lot. It's just a rookie quarterback going up against the goat, and uh, Gronkowski continues to ball out at you know 100 years old. We talked about Eagles and watching ride that bad beat. Uh, no, we've not talked about Eagles yet. Uh, yeah, the Eagles. We kind of, I think we kind of mentioned it. Well, no, uh, well, we had we talked about the the bad beat with the Bills and the Falcons. We had a couple of bad beats. This oh, week. this was the exact same exact same thing, Josh, because we had them four and a half, and they won by four. Yeah, so a couple of really bad beats for us. Okay, but Taylor Heineke is one thousand percent their starter next year. Yes, absolutely. They're going to trust him for a couple of years. He's like the Daniel Jones of the Giants. They're going to give him – well, I'm not saying that they're the same, but they're going to give him the same chances that they're giving Daniel Jones in New York. Yep. And uh, they- this game, I mean, Jalen Hurts, Kyler, didn't throw any touchdowns, but he did exactly what you needed him to do. He didn't throw any interceptions. He was good about just handing the ball off. Boston Scott scampered in for a couple of touchdowns. And I really think that that's the key to this Eagles team – continuing to win football games is just establishing the run game and going through that way. I mean, whether it's Boston Scott, Jordan Howard, Jalen Hurts, or Miles Sanders, the the combination of those four guys running the football is leading you to success. Well, we 1,000% have to talk about that stadium collapsing. Oh, my gosh. Did you? The fans were coming out saying that they weren't even offered medical treatment on site. Bro, immediately – the security guard telling them to get the fuck off the field. <laughs> this did is. You, uh, did you see the the clip I posted in my story? Uh, it was Jack Mack from Barstool. Uh, he made the thing, and you noticed the guy about thirty seconds in in full Eagles gear. I mean, jersey, helmet, pads, pants. 
but you know, obviously a fan that had just fallen out of the fucking stands in a different color jersey than Jalen Hurts was wearing comes up and straight so dabs him up and gets a picture after falling 15 feet on his head. I look, he had the helmet on, but uh, all time clip there, and you can see when Jalen sees him, he kind of smiles, gets a picture. Jalen Jalen Smith, or I'm sorry, Jalen Hurts, just an all time great guy. Yeah, I thought uh, who did, who posted that clip? I mean, it was it was all over him. So the the one that I really I thought was uh, hilarious was Mike Groffalo. I thought that's who you said, but I I couldn't remember. But uh, Mike Groffalo posted Jalen Hurts only sacked once today, but almost got a second on his way to the locker room. Yeah, fuck, it was bad, dude. He, that that really could have been a lot worse than it was, huh? Yeah, when it's just another just. I mean, what more do you expect out of Washington at this point? I mean, it's just another thing. Not even from the players. Obviously, the team, you know, is the team the they've stadium. had it down here. But this entire organization, I mean, that is the that's the epitome of the Washington football team for a couple of years now. And I mean, that's just the perfect way to to describe it, Kyler. I think that you sent it to me, and they've they've come out with it in a couple of places. They're down to like six names for naming the team. They're going to name it on or by February second. You got the names. You got the names on you right now. I I just remember a couple of them off the top of my head. There was right here. the Commanders, Red Hogs, not Red Hawks, Red, yeah, Hogs, Red Hogs, Defenders, Brigade, Presidents, Armada. Yeah, it's not good. Is Armada Hotel? I mean, there is a hotel, but I don't think that that's the. Uh... I think it's Armada. No, A R M A D A. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that is a hotel, but um, it's also like a, uh, I think it has something to do with ships. Like it's like a Navy thing, like an English naval thing. Because there's like the, yeah, I think it's like a bunch of something to do with the Navy, something to do with ships. I don't remember, but it's something to do with like a, a naval ship, which would make sense. Oh, I mean, you're gosh. in DC. How bad is the Washington presidents? I mean, I think it fits with the city, but it's not good for a football team. I mean, out of these, I think that they're most likely to go with the defenders. We're the commanders. The commanders is, I mean, I could see that. The brigade. I don't like the brigade. I I like something that ends in an S. I would have liked Red Hawks. Yeah, not the Red Hogs. Yeah, I would. I mean, it's a, not bad. a great list of names. I, I'm. I think I like the Commanders. The, the Commanders or the Defenders are my two favorites. All right, Josh. Rams. Ravens. Now, this was a better pick of mine this week. Actually, um, I was on Baltimore. So you actually, I, I, I mean, you were on Baltimore just out of out of your family. Yeah, and you just. That's why your that's why your betting record's so poor. But it paid off this week because we had them plus five and a half. It was close all game. I told you this game was going to be close because the, the Rams play finesse football. But Josh, still game after game, week after week, they get the win once again in the hunt for the one seed. Yeah, Collar, I I'm I was completely ready to call you out on the take, but you kind of took a little bit of. Of it on the chin there because you, I mean, they are a finesse football team, but you were going with Chris Long saying that, you know, if if Matthew Stafford went out and played another poor game, if if they yeah. did what they did last week or two weeks ago, they were going to lose to the Ravens, and it looked like they were. 
But this Rams team has continued to take those shots on the chin and get up and rise above that and win football games. I think it shows a lot of resiliency when you don't have the best play from your quarterback. Yep, you're right. And uh, they do not have the one seed yet. I mean, they're still uh, – they, they won't get the one seed because they lost to the Packers earlier this year, right? Yes. Yep, so the Packers have clinched the one seed, right? Yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, so they'll, they'll for sure probably get the – they'll be battling the Bucks for the two seed, I imagine. Uh, yes, I think I think that is how it's working out. The Bucks, yes, Sweet. Bucks and the Rams fighting for the two seed because Arizona fell to the Cowboys. And we'll talk about that. But God, this was a, another really good game. And, Great game. I mean, Huntley played really. I mean, I can't say really good. He played really good in coming in, filling in for Lamar, playing yeah. against the, uh, the defense that is the Rams and the team that is the Rams. But I think the real story here, just week week in week out, continues to be Cooper Cup. I mean, Gosh, this man. I, I was about to say that myself. I, my next words in my mouth were going to be how amazing Cooper Cup is. Now, Kyler, let me tell you this. Michael Thomas is still ahead of Cooper Cup in receptions, and he's going to beat him, not, not for the year, but like in a single season, like the single season uh, receptions. He's going to beat Cooper Cup in one less game in a season and the number of receptions. And just think of how dominant of a year Cooper Cup has had. It's just incredible. Especially the the, the place and the, the schemes that Sean McVay has, the position, the slot, the slot receiver position that Cooper Cup plays, how much he catches the ball, how many slants he runs, how many quick outs he runs. That is insane. But that also shows how quickly uh, Drew Brees was getting out the ball out to his his best guy for so many years. So it shows so this is this is it. Uh, Cooper Cup, one game left, has a chance to beat Marvin Harrison's reception record. All he needs to beat it is six. He needs six catches Gosh. this week to beat it. I don't know that he plays enough to get six catches. Going back to uh, Marvin Harrison and going back to college football, Marvin Harrison's son is a wide receiver for o- Ohio State. Wow. Marvin Harrison, Jr., Mm. he's their second best receiver and he's a fucking stud. Yeah. That's, I mean, Ohio state just has weapons on weapons, which is like in a year or two, these, these draft classes are going to look really good. This draft class this year has first round talent receivers, probably all the way until the fourth round. Yep. I think that's kind of the only position that's just star struck though. I mean, which is kind of tough if you're in fancy. Nobody cares about your fancy team. But, yeah, Kyler, so uh, Marvin Harrison's record – or his sitting at number two with 143 catches in a season. Cooper Cup is sitting at 138. And the leader of it is Michael Thomas with 149. So here's another fun stat. Michael Thomas has 149 receptions, 1,725 yards. Marvin Harrison, 143 catches – 1,722 yards. Cooper Cup, 138 catches, 1,829 yards. Jesus Christ, dude. This, I mean, this is getting absurd. What a season by Cooper Cup. He's the reason that the Rams are doing as well as they are. He's the Mark Andrews for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and that's the only other real thing I had about this game was Mark Andrews just continues to show that he is an absolute stud. And it doesn't matter because everyone he's like he's like one of the top 
premier tight end tackle because you know the ball is going to him. You just can't stop it from happening. And I heard this on another podcast. Of, uh, I wish I remember where. If the Ravens can get just, you know, a game – one, I don't even want to say a game-changing wide receiver, just another good to great wide receiver – to pair with the, the the couple they have with the Hollywood Brown, you know, with the with the uh, Mark Andrews, I think that's all they need. Tyler, we've got it. I, I'm telling you, he has gotten to play this year. He hasn't got to play with Lamar a lot, but he's gotten better every game. He's finally found the end zone, and that's Rashad Bateman. I mean, he looks good. He gets open. He runs the routes. He's big. He's a big body. We had to miss the first four to six weeks. That kind of hurt, you know, that's his the, start. I mean, you see that with Dallas, Josh, they have so many. It's when somebody gets hurt, it's it's Cedric Wilson coming in, and he's just as good. Yeah, so I, I like Rashad Bateman. I like what he's doing. Uh, I'm, I'm excited for the Ravens. Obviously, this season was a down season. We'll get some of our defensive players back and make a little bit of splash in the draft. Sure. Chargers back on track. They dominate the Broncos. Uh, Josh, I think uh, we – let's see. Let's see who got this one. We were both on L.A., so we both got this one. Uh uh, any thoughts on this game? I mean, uh, Drew Locke looked okay at times. Uh, uh, he had that one bomb. Yeah. I mean, he had that one. He threw the ball, dropped it right into Cortland Sutton for like 44 yards, turned around to the sidelines, flexing just, you know, the mocks he was showing. And, I mean, didn't really do a whole lot with it, but 18 for 25, 245 yards and a touchdown. Um, pretty average game. No fan looked good. But, I mean, I think the biggest thing here was the Chargers offense – just getting on track and making things happen. This was much needed for the confidence for the charge. It was a good uh, division win, uh, against conference a, win. It was something they needed. Against a tough defensive you know, Broncos team. Yeah. So, I mean, and I think that's why it's so important that the offense came alive. And I think something that the Chargers weren't doing at the beginning of the season that they're doing now is getting Justin Jackson more involved. Obviously, Eckler – was in COVID uh, for a game, and so it gave him a chance, and he proved that he could use it. But at the beginning of the season, they were only using Eckler for everything, yep. and they've been more incorporating Justin Jackson the past few games. I think it's helping the offense a lot, keeping Eckler fresh, just throwing more bodies at, at defenses. So hopefully the Chargers have gotten it figured out. I really like Brandon Staley and Justin Herbert. I think that they're building on an incredible team, and I'd love to see Keenan Allen sure. make a good run in the playoffs. And Josh, here's where uh, things started to go sideways for us because um, we were both on Houston uh, plus 12 and a half against San Francisco. We didn't expect Trailers to come out and look this good. We weren't, we weren't buying what uh, Kyle Shanahan was trying to sell us in the media, saying this is the best month of practice Trailers has ever had. And, uh, you know, I still honestly believe him because he looked good at times, but he also looked pretty bad at times. Uh, they did end up getting the win 23 to seven just because Texans were in, in, incapable of moving the ball against a pretty good defense, you know, a, a pretty great defense over there in San Francisco. Uh, what do you think about this, about this 49ers team, Josh, are sitting at nine and seven? I think, man, I, I, they should get in the playoffs, huh? Uh, I, I, I know they're in the hunt. I'll check. Go, go ahead and keep talking. Yeah, I know they're in the hunt. Um, I'm not sold on Trey Lance as a starter yet in the NFL. I think as soon as Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy, they'll put him back out there. Trey Lance is just raw. He he's still got some seasoning up to do. He's got some polishing to do that I think he'll be able to take advantage of in the offseason. Um, definitely not sold of him as a starter in the NFL. He just didn't look comfortable. 
Um, I, I think that he will be a, a really good player in the NFL, but I'm just not sold yet. I think you'll need to take advantage of a good offseason. Um, the 49ers defense is what's been carrying them in their ability to run the ball. I mean, Elijah Mitchell, 21 carries, 119 yards. We see that every time Elijah Mitchell's healthy, he gets over 100 yards. So I think that's kind of where I put it on the defense, just being able to abuse Davis Mills, not let him move the ball very much. Rex Burkhead didn't score two touchdowns, so it kind of hurt the Texans' ability to score points. Um, And that was kind of my question was, can Davis Mills – you know, we talked about two weeks ago, that was his staple game. That was the game that made the Texans realize that he could be a franchise quarterback. And I asked you last week if he could do it twice in a row. I didn't think that he could. I just didn't think that either team would score enough to, you know, cover that plus 12. And uh, I was absolutely wrong. I'm kind of on the wild card here. Uh, is isn't really working for me. How many, people, uh, how many teams make it in the playoffs? Seven? All right, so right now the uh, the 49ers are in sixth, but they're uh, it's it's gonna be a tight race. Uh, the final week is definitely going to going to decide some things. But uh, so we've heard a lot about the Jimmy G thumb injury, Josh. Uh, do you think he ends up playing before the season's over? Or no. Uh, I mean, one game. I mean, it looks like they are in the in the uh, in the hunt. It looks like they. If the season ended today, the 49ers would be in the playoffs. Oh, and the Eagles are number seven. Or I'm yeah, telling you, Josh, so the Eagles would no also team, be there. No team wants to go wants to have the Eagles first round. But the uh, 49ers do play at the Rams next week. So I think, oh, this could – I mean, there's still so much that could happen. If the Saints win and the Niners lose, I think it – I don't know who owns a tiebreaker, but that could make it interesting – yeah, so the, right now the 49ers would be in the playoffs. Um, and if they made a run, I think that they would want Jimmy G back, um, but if he's healthy. So I I think Jimmy G is probably still a better quarterback right now than Trey Lance is. That's, but saying this week, though. Jimmy uh, this G, week. Jimmy G is 75%. Is he better than Trey Lance? Yes. Maybe barely. I, I just think for what the 49ers need, the thing is the, the 49ers don't need an outstanding raw quarterback. They just need a game manager. So uh, everybody put your hands in front of your face, move your thumb around. That's the ligament that uh, uh, Jimmy G tore. If all you have to do is hand the ball off to Elijah Mitchell and he can get you 121 yards and you can throw two-yard passes to Debo and let him cut around the defense – I think you're going to be all right. Bring Trey Lance in like Taysom Hill. Bring him in in some packages. Okay, so now I need everybody to uh, pick up a football and try and throw a football without your thumb. You said, I mean, 75%. I mean, that doesn't mean you don't have a thumb. You just got to have a little bit of pain tolerance. Well, I think it messes up with the whole delivery. I don't know, Josh, but hopefully – I think Trey Lance will be just fine finishing out the season for the 49ers, to be honest. I mean, yeah, he will definitely be fine to do it, but would you rather have Jimmy G or Trey Lance? I think they would much rather have Jimmy G out there. Not me. All right, Josh, Arizona and Dallas, we were both on this one, and we both got it wrong. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray just continues to win and win and win inside of Jerry's world. Was he 9-0 and now? 9-0 and going back to his freshman year of high school. You know what his record is in uh, the state of Texas? 
<laughs> I do not. 48 and three. <laughs> well, they don't like seeing him in Texas. No, they don't. But Josh, this is a good game. The there was a late, a late, obviously a late comeback there from the Cowboys, and you know the controversial call at the end where there was maybe a fumble, maybe not. But the Cowboys are Mike McCarthy is just a complete imbecile with his timeouts, and of course he never has any to use at the end of games. Uh, I didn't. I, I don't think there was. It was called uh, down on the field. I don't think there was quite enough there to overturn it, but I do understand why people would be mad about it. Uh, but I mean, the the Cowboys didn't deserve to win this game. No, they didn't deserve to to win the game. Zeke Elliott, sixteen yards on the ground. He hasn't had more than sixty yards since like week six, week four, something incredible like that. Tony Pollard looks better when he's running the football than Zeke does. Um, you texted me as soon as it happened and said that's got to be a torn ACL, and I'm pretty sure it came out that he did tear his ACL. Unfortunately, um, for Michael Gallup. I don't, I, I don't know if you saw those reports as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so super sad for him. But, Josh, did you, did, you see, did you see the what happened, how he tore it, though? Oh, yeah, when he got hit and coming down with the ball? Josh, jumping off the leg that tore the ACL probably when he jumped. Yep. Caught the ball, secured it, came down with it. I mean, just the state of mind, just the, the concentration, kudos to him. I imagine him to be back on this Cowboys team next year. Yeah, and if he's not, he'll be the wide receiver one or wide receiver two on a different team. Um, if they do get rid of him, I could see him going. I don't know what his contract looks like. They'd have to trade him. But, to, no, he's a free agent. But we'll, we'll have to see where all the quarterbacks go this, this offseason. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, but, I mean, Michael Gallup would love to, to go to a team like New York or Houston, which is partner and be a top receiver on a team. Uh, I mean, I, I guess there's a lot of mouths in Arizona. If I'm him, mm-hmm. I'm probably tired of of being on a team like that. Maybe the Ravens. Maybe I could use them. Uh, the Patriots. Just, the Patriots could definitely use a a really good wide receiver. Definitely. Um, Lions Seahawks. Josh, this game was never close. Uh, this was my miss of the week, to be honest. Uh, Thirty-one to seven was the halftime score. So uh, not a good look for me, but the Seahawks get it done. Uh, Josh, I mean, you, you called this. I mean, the Brown, the Lions were just too bad for Russell Wilson to take against. Uh, so my Mont St. Brown, though, I mean, he he's a superstar in the making. No, he really is. I mean, Amon St. Brown is one of the top uh, wide receivers of the rookie class. Um, just a, a huge shining star for this Detroit team who really needed a wide receiver to step up and, and start playing. DeAndre Swift played in this game, uh, didn't play terribly, didn't really get a lot of action, but um, played a lot better than – I mean, I really didn't expect him to play at all because he'd been dealing with a groin injury all year. Josh, but I did Tim- because all week because Dan Campbell was saying he was going to he was gonna play all like a lot and get a lot of goal line carries. And then like every time they got on the goal line, he was just throwing the offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I think I don't know what what Man Campbell was doing, but DeAndre Swift's not in a position to go out and run at the goal line right now. I mean, that groin's been hindering him all year. You can tell he's not healthy. He's not. He's not in it. Um, I, I think another Jesus thing. Christ. That's what I was going to ask you. My question is: Is Rashad Penny actually as good as we've seen him like the past few weeks? Like, is he really this good, or what's going on? Gosh, I've I, until right now. I thought he had been injured the entire season. He had been until like four or five weeks ago. Okay. Well, I had no idea he came back. 
I, this, I mean, he really has – I mean, he's never played a full season, but he, I don't think he's ever really played more than four or five games in a season. I'm looking at him now. Go ahead and keep talking. But, go, go, go into Tim, Monday Night Football. Okay, I'm just going to say this real quick. Tim Boyle is not that guy. <laughs> he never is. The other thing I'll say is DK Metcalf is back, three touchdowns, six catches, 63 yards. Uh, DK and Russell Wilson are friends again. So if uh, Russell Wilson throws to DK, the Seahawks win football games. That's just kind of how it works out. But you said let's go. Oh, we still got. Uh, oh, this was the Sunday night game. That's uh, the Panthers and the Saints. So uh, hold up. So 2018, he played a little bit. 2019, he played about probably nine games. 2020, he played four, three. Uh, and 21, he's played. He's played most games this year. Uh. 2019, he might have played uh, nine games, but he was not involved well, for he, those nine games. He he, uh, he had uh, – yeah, I mean, yeah. I had, I had Chris it, Carson on my fantasy team. I mean, Rashad Penny would get six, eight carries on a good day. Yeah, I mean, there, there are games sprinkled through where he'd have, you know, a 74-year game, 129, 55, 62. Those are the only four notable games of the year. Yeah, so, I mean – like I said, he was playing, but he wasn't really playing. Yeah, you're right about that. All right, Monday Night Football. Uh, Josh, what do you say about it? Uh, well, we still have the Panther Saints. Panther Saints. Uh, let me find Saints it. are on the bubble. I mean, this is the NFC team that's sitting on the bubble right now. Let's see who we both had. So, we both had Carolina minus six. Lost. Motherfucker. Uh, Josh, tell me what happened to this game. Uh that lost Carolina kept it close. I mean, oh, Josh, oh no, no, no. Well, yeah, we won. We won. Sorry, sorry, yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry. We won. Yeah, uh, and that's because uh, you know, whenever I changed my mind, it was because Taysom Hill was a starter, not not Ian Book. So Taysom Hill actually looked uh, like a like a pretty good quarterback. Twelve carries, forty five yards on the ground. Um, I was listening to some people talk today, and they were kind of talking about how the Carolina Panthers regret. They have to regret giving Chris McCaffrey so much money and they were saying, you know, don't take Chris McCaffrey at a really high pick in the draft because they feel like he's just going to keep getting hurt. And the other guy said, you know, someone who has been worth every penny and he's like the third highest or fourth highest contract in the league, that's Alvin Kamara. That man's getting paid so much money and he's worth every dime because he is just, obviously this wasn't, you know, just his best game in the world, but still a hundred yards all purpose with the touchdown. I mean, he just puts in work every game. He's one of those guys where you know that's where the football is going. You just can't stop it. AK-41. I hear Josh in that. So the Saints are a quarterback away? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're they going to need some retooling with the wide receiver core. I mean, Marcus Callaway can't be your number one guy. I mean, you would love to see Michael Thomas come back healthy and actually be able to play some football, but they're going to need some help uh, with the healthy? wide receiver core. I mean, he struggled with that injury for at least, I mean, a little bit over half the season. So, yeah, I mean, if they shut him down, just shut him down. You know, that's fine. But you I want Michael was Thomas more, coming back. I think that was the situation. They shut him down. And yeah. he, I think it was a deal. I think it was half them shutting him down and him being unhappy with the quarterback situation at the moment. He didn't want to come back and have to be, you know, Superman for a subpar quarterback and risk another injury in a meaningless season. Uh, I'd imagine – they're they have some big fishes in their looking to looking to grab up in their nets uh come this offseason to you bring who, to, to lure back michael thomas 
You know who would look really good in a Saints uniform? Who's that? The same prototype as Drew Brees. Russell Wilson. H. Don Payton, you know, I mean, that's it could work, Josh. I mean, I think it would work work really well. Give him Michael Thomas, give him Marcus Callaway, run that, you know, a lot of deep routes. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying it, it would work. It would work. You think you think Sierra wants to live in in Louisiana? Uh, it's not the biggest market, but it's not a tiny market either. I mean, probably not. But hey, it's it, it would work for him. Maybe he can fly and see the family. Yes, so. Uh, and I've also heard some conflicting reports today about about Russell Wilson. We'll, we'll wrap up here in a second, but uh, kind of saying that you know last year it didn't. It, Ian Rappaport said this year feels diff- feels different than last year. Last year, uh, Pete Carroll was kind of more leaning towards, um, you know, retooling and this and that, but he may have been uh, a little limited on uh, Mr. Unlimited, if you, if you catch my drift. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Um, one other thing that I will say about the Saints quarterback situation, uh, Jameis Winston's probably not going to be a Saint next year, Kyler. A bunch of landing spots for him. How about this one? Jameis Winston, Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Um, I just don't know how good he is, Josh. I mean, I understand how good he is and I understand, uh, but then you have. Okay, let me ask you this. Would you rather have Mason Rudolph, a brand-new rookie, or Jameis Winston? Here's where I, here's where I would rather see guys like uh, – uh, who's who am I thinking of, Josh? That has a really good Tyler Huntley. Okay, Garner Minshew. No, let, let's stick with Tyler Huntley for a second because he's okay. he's going to be a free agent this offseason. The Ravens are one thousand percent going to resign him. Yes, because he is the perfect prototype backup in case you know Lamar Jackson needs to go shit needs to you know go is you know cut test COVID sprains his ankle for a couple weeks it's it's literally his prototype just a little worse teams need to start paying extra money especially especially i mean the Bengals, the titans the i mean josh these teams that it seems like every couple of weeks they're playing with a backup quarterback not every couple of weeks but once every six or seven weeks they're playing with a backup quarterback the 49ers the cardinals i mean hell josh the browns of course, the Saints, the Packers. I mean, the Packers less so. Well, the, the Browns definitely. I mean, the Browns did it this year. That's why they brought in Case Keenum. Yeah, but, but that that was a problem the whole season, Josh. They wouldn't they wouldn't actually bring him in. Yeah, for sure. And and that uh, and I'll wait till we get to that game. But I've I've got a lot to say about about that whole situation. But you are but, absolutely right. They need to start paying better quarterbacks to come in and serve in these roles. Yeah, just just for the backup roles because yeah. it, it seems like every single and Josh, I, I hate to pick I pick on you with the with the Ravens, but it seems like every couple of weeks we're seeing a second or third string quarterback playing most of the game for for your Ravens. Well, I mean that's because Lamar did suffer a, an ankle injury this year. Sure. I mean that's we didn't have that last year a whole lot. Obviously, we had it a little bit, but um, you know most teams have well, it at least uh, one, Trace one or two Mc, weeks. Trace McSwirly played a playoff game for y'all last year. Play in a playoff game. Not what you want to see. I I completely agree. But, I mean, that's why we brought in a guy like Taylor Huntley. I mean, you want these guys 
I mean, playing if they have to. So I think that the Ravens did exactly what they needed to do in realizing that, you know, we need to have somebody who is a capable backup for Lamar and can run the system that we run. Yep. And more teams need to take that. Monday night football, Josh. This game was – Wait, Sunday night football. We got to do the uh, Packers-Vikings. Damn, my thing's out of order, my fault. You're good. Um, This thing, I mean, Josh, coming into this game, (laughs) Mannion was the – was the starter? He didn't you put look a, bad. Put a gun in my head. I couldn't tell you his first name. Uh, everyone knew this was going to be a route from the beginning. Yeah. Everyone, no, everyone thought that. Okay. And this was probably one of the first times this year that what every NFL fan in the world thought actually turned out to be what happened in the game. I will tell you what they. I, I will tell you what no one expected to happen. Dalvin Cook to come out with 13 rushing yards. How many carries? Nine. (laughs) So what are we putting that on, Josh? It's got to be game script. So who was getting the push? What was happening there? Well, I mean, I I think there was quite a few three and outs early, and then Green Bay goes up 17-3 at half. And, I mean, you would just – I don't think they ever really looked back. I mean, they never really got in a groove of establishing the run. You were having Manion throw 36 passes as a backup. It's not what you want in a football game when you have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. Alexander Madison didn't even get a rushing attempt. That's what I was saying earlier about – That's insane, uh, Josh. That's what I was saying earlier about the teams doing a good job of uh, bringing Justin Jackson, mixing in with Austin Eckler. I don't know why teams like Minnesota aren't throwing in Alexander Madison to split carries or go 70-30 with Dalvin Cook when we know that he is injury. I mean, when he knows that he can get injured, throw somebody else in Alexander. Alexander Madison's a very good running back. Let him play some snaps. It's insane, Josh. And I'll just talk about Devontae Adams for a second. I'll kind of relate him back to the Jamar Chase conversation we had earlier. And it's not like Aaron Rodgers, because, you know, with with great wide receivers and good quarterbacks, they can kind of get uh, a little gun happy and just throwing it to the guy every time. And we kind of saw that early with Kyler and uh, DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. But it seems like, they, I mean, they don't really look for them on first and second down as much as, you know, a, a typical quarterback and star wide receiver would but in critical situations if they need a third third and two a fourth and three if they need to pick up a first down everyone in the world knows where the ball is going and it seems like they never have an incompletion there the thing is and you and i've talked about it before it's guys like that Kyler murray d hop brady gronk aaron Rodgers, and Devontae adams joe burrow jamar chase those guys know exactly where the other one is going to be on the football field. They have practiced that thousands of times where they go, this is the play we're running. I'm putting the football in this spot. And it doesn't matter what the defense is doing. It doesn't matter what's happening around them. Those guys are going to put the football in the exact same spot every single time. And the receiver is going to be running the exact same route at the exact same speed every single time. Okay, hey Josh, uh, quick question. We're done with the games. Um, you got anything else on the game? Uh, no, not on that game. Devontae Adams is just a, a monster. Yeah, a monster. So here's the thing, Josh. Do you think this is uh, Matt Ryan's last game? The last season? Last season, uh, probably not. Okay. So you don't, you don't think 
this next game against the Saints at home is his last game? I do not. I think Matt Ryan plays another season. Okay. Who's Matt Ryan's backup? Oh, Josh. I mean, they're, I mean, the Falcons can't be in a situation where they're ready to uh, move on from Matt Ryan. Oh, Josh. So uh, let's talk a little basketball, Josh. Well, well before that, Kyler, we got to get to our – I don't know where your papers are jumping, Kyler, but I, I've been itching to talk about this Monday night football game. Oh, yeah. Oh, the backup quarterback is Josh Rosen. So, yeah, no oh. way in hell this is Matt Ryan's last year. I'm excited about that. Yeah, you're uh, the only person. Yeah. Maybe Josh Rosen. I've still got, I've still got, I've got hella, dra- hella draft stock in Josh Rosen. Uh, okay, Kyler, Monday Night Football. Yeah. I mean, this was, we expected this, Josh. I mean, we expected a, uh, these teams to really come out and play as hard as they absolutely possibly could for Big Ben's last game, last home game, last one at Heinz Field, in so ceremoniously with him getting to get the final kneel down after, a, I mean, a, the most pred- predictable thing that could have happened all night, a timely Baker pick. Uh, so, Josh, what were you taking from this game? Um, obviously, you said you wouldn't. Uh, is Baker going to be the quarterback here next year? I don't think so. So, one, I will say that the pick at the end of the game, I don't know that – I mean, from where I was sitting, it looked like it should have went to the receiver, but it obviously did not. went to the deeper guy, just clean pick. Um, but after the game, Baker Mayfield, you know, comes out in the, in the uh, press conferences, you know, by the way, looking just mad as hell says, you know, I'm going to get with my agent and my family and find out what's best for me moving forward. Mm-hmm. Never once brought up the Cleveland Browns. Nope. Uh, does not give me very much confidence that he's going to be the quarterback here next year. Uh, he's not happy with the team right now. The team's not happy with him. I was listening to Jake Trotter quite a bit, who covers the Browns very closely. Now he's on the sports animal quite a bit. Uh, Jake Trotter's basically said, you know, they are fighting. Uh, after the OBJ split, that goes back to my driver. Slanger hasn't done an interview since OBJ left. There was a split of the locker room. Half the locker room had uh, all the respect for OBJ. The other half had all the respect for Baker Mayfield. So there's fighting going on in-house in the locker room. It's not a good look. Baker's hurt. But at the end of the day, you know, Baker said a couple weeks ago, it's my decision whether or not I'm going to go out there and play hurt. And that's not how it should be. The Cleveland Browns at some point have got to let their nuts hang and make a decision and go, look, Baker, if, if, if he is there, if they think of him as their franchise quarterback, they've got to say, look, Baker, I understand you want to go out and win. You think that, I mean, we're in a position, but we need you healthy. He should have gotten surgery four or six weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, but it's also Josh. He's in he's in that contract year. So if he would, would have gotten surgery, then he's for sure not going back to the Browns. Well, he might be going back to the Browns. He might be going back for less money, and he might not want to do that. But I mean, hell, Kyler, when you're making all the money he's making from those commercials, I mean, how much does your contract really matter? I mean, you're personable. You can be sold. I mean, you are a a advertising guru in Baker Mayfield. Go get your money off the field and go take a smaller contract. Get yourself healthy because if you don't get healthy. You might not have a job in the NFL next year. You're right about that, Josh. All right, NBA. Well, hold on. So here's here's my other things about this. Uh, Big Ben, the most heartfelt, incredible moment at the end of that game, wrapped his you know around his his kids and his wife, and just 
it was a fantastic thing. Historic career, historic career for Ben Roethlisberger. Shout out to one of the all-time greats. Will definitely be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You agree with that? Oh, hundred uh, percent. There's no no debate about it. He is yeah. first ballot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the uh, the only thing, or the really the other thing that I have that's big on this, Kyler, is a couple of things. First thing, Nick Chubb, twelve carries, fifty eight yards. The Browns never wanted to win this game. And then they really didn't put Nick Chubb in back in the second half. They didn't let him play. They it seemed like they were really sabotaging themselves from even having a chance to win this uh, from the get go. I didn't understand that at all, Josh. I don't under like maybe they know something we don't about Nick Chubb, but he should have been in there a lot more, huh? I mean, I mean, he he has to be. I mean, for the Browns to win football games, I mean, they've got to have some running back with eighteen to twenty-two carries. I mean, you yeah, prefer I, to have two guys with fifteen plus. Uh, you prefer two guys to have 40 carries. <laughs> I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, that's exactly what you'd rather have. I mean, but so I didn't understand what was going on there. It really seemed self-sabotaging to me. Um, but, you know, Brown's not having more or not going back down to two wins is very good for Cleveland. Obviously so much hype's been around this team because of all the retooling they did bringing in OBJ um, and just has not panned out. Um, although last year was a very good year. Big Ben Kyler, I wish he would have had the best moment in this game, but he didn't. The best moment of this game had to go to Najee Harris with the stiff arm of the year. I don't know as much of a stiff arm as much of a suplex. Nick Chubb had had one just as good right after that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just – It was insane. Yeah. I love Najee's. Najee basically picked that guy up from his chest and just slammed him down. Definitely did. All right. Come oh, on. That's what I got. Great game for Big Ben. Shout out historic career for Ben Roethlisberger. All right. Let's talk some basketball, can we? Before we get to basketball, Kyler, I'm going to block you one more time. Let's tell the people they can find us on social media. Go follow the podcast at SportsBYBP. Kyler's at Kyler012. I am at JakeEatno22. Go follow us. We live tweet during games, put up great polls, funny tweets. All kinds of stuff. Go follow us on Twitter. Go follow at Blue Wire Pod. That's a great network of podcasts. Kevin Jones and company. They have a partnership with the Wind Casino in Las Vegas. They have a podcast studio right in the middle of the hotel. Uh, they have a partnership with Coors Light. Uh, they've got Chris Long, the Spinsters, King Griffith Jr. Pod, Greg Olson. So many great athletes, great podcasters in that company. Kevin Jones just made the top 200 uh, influential people in sports biz. So shout out Kevin Jones. Uh, go follow Blue Wire Hustle. It's an up-and-coming up and network of podcasts that Kyler and I are a part of. Um, there's so many great up-and-coming people putting out uh, content for you to listen to to get all of your uh, fan bases, all your regular sports talk, all that for the Blue Wire Hustle. Go follow them and all those great podcasts. And go follow uh, Unwrapped Sports, our family over there. They do a bunch of live streams. They're partnered with ColorCast, an app that you can download that gives live stream sports right on your phone. Uh, commentary, play-by-play, you can listen to podcasts there. All kinds of stuff that is absolutely live. Uh, they have so many great shows, Count the Bucket, Gen Z, uh, The Hard Count, so many great shows. Oh, Unwrapped Gambling, Unwrapped Bets is one of my favorite shows with Corey. Corey is uh, so smart. He'll make help you make money all the time. Go follow uh, Unwrapped Sports and download ColorCast. Then last but not least, Kyler, most people's fantasy football seasons are over now. The, the year is come and gone. Championships have come and went. Now it is time to start looking at retooling your dynasty teams. It's time to start preparing for the new draft class that's going to be coming in. And to get all that information to figure everything out, go follow our fantasy football expert, Shane, at Fantasy BYB. Yeah, and probably in the next uh, week or two, we'll, we'll have Shane on to just kind of have a, a full, you know, dynasty episode for all your dynasty fans out there and just uh, 
it really, really gets you tooled up. Make sure you know what you're doing this offseason. So if you have any questions about players that you're trying to unload or draft picks that you're trying to acquire, send those into us on Twitter or, or mention them to us, and we'll get those, and we'll ask you whenever we have them on the show. Love it. Kyler, now I'm finally going to let you talk about some basketball. All right, Josh, let's start with the Thunder, because uh, before we recorded our last episode, that night, uh, Josh Giddy made some NBA history. He had a double-double um, with no points. He had 10, ass- 10 assists, 10 rebounds, no points. Uh, and we forget to we forgot to mention that on the pod. And then the night we were supposed to record the pod on Sunday, he became the youngest person in the M- in NBA history to post a triple double at ju- at eighty four days over nineteen years old. Still cannot buy alcohol. Still cannot get into those twenty one and over clubs. Can't go to a hotel or uh, casinos in Las Vegas. Can't buy Swishers. You gotta be twenty one to buy tobacco now. Shout out Josh Giddy, one of the stars on the NBA court and on TikTok. All of his TikToks are super funny. He uh, soon after entered COVID protocol and put up a very funny tw- uh, TikTok. Um, so definitely go check him out on there. But yeah, historic night for Josh Giddy. Uh, he just looks better and better, Kyler. The odds just keep going down on him, or up on him, down on him. I don't really know what that would be on him winning rookie of the year. They keep getting the odds get better for him to win. Yes, that's correct. That's how you say that. Yeah, the odds keep getting better for him to win Rookie of the Year. He looks really good. Won the December Rookie of the Year or Rookie of the Month for the Western Conference. I don't think he has, he doesn't have the scoring opportunities to to win it. I don't think, unfortunately. Uh, it will come down to points per game. I think just that'll probably knock him out. But at least he's there in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's and he just continues to climb the ladder. What are you doing on Friday, Josh? Can go to this Minnesota game? Uh, on Friday, I will act. I will be at the Minnesota game. Uh, I am going to a bachelor party in Oklahoma City, and we do have tickets uh, for the game on Friday. Real sitting at? Huh? Real sitting at? I have no idea. Uh, my buddy Jared's the one that actually got the tickets, uh, I think, and I'm just kind of waiting. Uh, I'm in a in a waiting thing until I get there and grab my tickets from it. Sweet, yeah, I might. I might go to that. Uh. Yeah, the Thunder, though. Shout out to the Thunder. Uh, Josh, any teams, the Chicago, Chicago Bulls, I mean, they've been oh, – Kyler, before before we get off the Thunder, I will just say, I mean, this was news from tonight, uh, the Oklahoma City adding to the future draft pick war chest. Yeah. Uh, they uh, they snagged my – I don't – Oni. I mean, I, 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 that's going to be a – Immediately waved him. Yeah, uh, along with the 2028 second round pick from the Utah well, Jazz. So here's a, here's a, here's why that happened, Josh. If the Utah Jazz would have uh, um, waived him themselves, that would have cost them ten and a half million dollars off their cap. So instead, they traded him and a and a draft pick to the Thunder, so the Thunder could waive him for free. Yep, and that opens up a roster spot for the Thunder because they also mm-hmm. waived. Um, Oh, who they? Oh, Gabriel Deck. They waved Deck to bring oh, in Oni, and then they waved Oni. Now open up a spot, so now they could either get another contract from a guy like Oni from one of these teams to get another draft pick, or they could use it on Aaron Wiggins, who was drafted 55th overall, and it's kind of been going back and forth between the G League and the team. He's been playing phenomenal as of late too. Uh, Josh, another team been playing phenomenal as of late. That's the, the Chicago Bulls. They've won eight in a row. The eight and two in their last ten. Uh, as as the Nets, they've lost three in a row. The Heat have lost two in a row. The Bucks just dropped their last one. 
Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers are somehow still in the top six. That's mind boggling. Uh, the 76ers, Josh, you know what uh, Joel Embiid's uh, shot record is in game tying or game winning situations? Got to be good. One for 18. Ooh. <laughs> the only player worse in NBA history with that many attempts is Kimba Walker. His is over 25. He was what? Oh, for 25. Oh, yikes. Cardiac Kimba. Cardiac Kimba. I mean, that's even better than Pandemic P. I mean, that's a, that, that, that was the most shocking stat when I heard it because, I, I, Josh, I really became a huge basketball fan right when Kimba was making those national, national championship runs, hitting those clutch, clutch shots, and now he's – I knew him as Cardiac Kimba, and now he has literally never hit a game-winning shot in the NBA. Kind of crazy. Uh, do you see the well, – and we're going to have Justin Rowan back on, those guys from the uh, Cavs and pod that we had a lot of fun with. Um, do you see the Cavs maintaining this this uh, level of play? I I mean – Their defense is up there. I think – I mean, isn't this team really surrounded – like their success surrounded by Kevin Love? No, gosh. No, it, it's surrounded by their guard play. Okay. I, I mean, I – Darius Garland and uh and Sexton, Josh, they they are they're elite elite. Well, I know guards. Colin Sexton is good. Colin Sexton's looked good ever since they drafted him and brought him in. Um, I don't think that Cleveland's going to continue this kind of a run. I mean, obviously they're they're playing well. They're pretty. I mean, right now they're making a, a name for themselves. Well, Josh, here I'll read you. Darius Garland, Jared Allen, Colin Sexton, Evan Mobley, Kevin Love, Laurie Markinen, Chetty Oseman. Um, Osga Coro, Malik Newman, Josh, they've got, they've got some real player, Luke Cornett, uh, Ed Davis, Taco Fall. They've got real players on here. So Kevin Love has five games straight with 20 points or more. It's his longest streak since LeBron James was his teammate. So Josh, you really this is think, a resurgence. You have to think about this too. Evan Mobley has become one of the, I mean, he, he's going to win rookie of the year. He's going yeah. to win rookie of the year. Yeah, uh, and pairing that alongside Jared Allen, who's a really competent uh, and a, a really mobile center who can block shots, who can run the floor, get rebounds, contest shots, not only at the paint but on the perimeter when he needs to. Pair that with a Kevin Love, who you can stick out in the corner and basically play him at the three. Uh, that's play a tough out one in. That's a tough lineup to 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 definitely rebound against. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think that the Cavaliers are just gonna crash and burn but they're playing at a pretty high level right now that i don't know that they're going to continue to sustain i hope they do i mean they look they look good the guys look like they're having fun every time i I watch them but i don't know that they're going to continue this kind of play Uh, i'd agree with you there but uh i mean they're probably top 10 in the power ranking right now yeah josh so i keep saying we're gonna gonna have a basketball episode pretty soon and we need to we need to have somebody on to really talk to have a full hour conversation with somebody on some basketball but let's wrap it up there before we get that done let's wrap it up what let's wrap let's wrap it up before before we get too deep in some nba talk let's get somebody okay last uh last question i will ask you about the nba kyler yeah currently at the moment give me your top five power rankings you don't even have to give me a reason i just want i'll i'll take the order Five Brooklyn Nets. Four Milwaukee Bucks. Three Philadelphia 76ers. 
two Golden State Warriors, one Chicago Bulls. Ooh, okay, leaving Phoenix. Oh, out I'm of sorry. The top I'm five. sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Who who would you say? Uh, leaving Phoenix out. I am leaving Phoenix out. I am replacing Milwaukee with the Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. So one through five was one more time. Fuck if I know. Uh, okay. Number yeah, no, I don't know. No idea. All right. Well, mine would be Golden State at one. Uh, Chicago at two, Suns at three, Bucks at four, and probably the Jazz at five. Good luck with that. I mean, right now into the season. I, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to end, yeah. but right now that's my that's my power rankings. That's a good regular season power ranking. Yeah, I mean, I'm not predicting the, the NBA champion right now, but, you know, that's my power ranking. I like it. Just All right, Kyle, this has been a fun episode. Yeah. We're going to get somebody on to talk some real basketball with us, so that's going to be a fun episode too. This one was a lot of fun. I can't wait for the next one, buddy.